We're starting a new sermon series today, and I've been, y'all, I've been wanting to do this for a long time, probably five years, I don't know. I've been wanting to do Jonah for a long time. Jonah is one of my favorite books in the Bible, and the, the series is called Shade. It's called Shade. Now, let me ask you this. I want you to finish this statement. Jonah and the whale, right? Jonah and the whale. Whale is what most of us would say. Jonah and the whale. But did you know there's more to the story than just Jonah and the whale? There's more to the story actually about Jonah. And so today I want to change how we think about Jonah and the fill in the blank. All right, we're going to change the word whale to the word, what do you think it's going to be? Nope, it's on the screen. Shade. All right, y'all say it with me. Jonah and the... Jonah and the... Jonah and the shade. You see, it's not really about Jonah and the whale. There's not really actually a whale in this story at all. So it's kind of a misnomer. But let's change it to Jonah and the shade. See, this story is about Israel's most self-righteous prophet. Israel's most arrogant, self-righteous prophet. In fact, this, uh, this book of the Bible is found in what we call the Minor Prophets. It's one of 12 of the Minor Prophets. And all of the other Minor Prophets are actually what that prophet spoke about. It's a record of what they taught and what they preached and what they proclaimed. But Jonah is different. Jonah doesn't record hardly any of his teaching. It does record just a little bit. But this is different because it tells the story of the prophet. See, the message of Jonah is more about the man Jonah than it is about his message. And you're going to see what we talk about. It's all about shade. It is all about shade. In fact, this story begins and ends with shade. Today, I'm going to tell you the whole story of Jonah. All right, that's what we're going to do today. Instead of taking a little text and, and preaching on it, I'm going to just tell you the whole story. So here we go. Y'all ready? A long time ago, there was a prophet named Jonah. And Jonah spoke God's word to kings and to the people of Israel. He was out there speaking God's word to everyone that would listen. It was a time of peace in the land. What does that mean? There was peace in the land. It means there was no what? No war. Right? This was a time of peace in the land of Israel. But God's people, they could tell that the tide of evil was rising. They could tell they were feeling, they were beginning to feel pressure from the bad guys. They were beginning to feel pressure from their enemies outside. And a lot of Israelites, including Jonah, were glad to be safe and sound in God's country, America. I mean, Israel, Israel, not America. They were glad to be safe and sound in God's country, Israel. And so one day, God spoke to his prophet, Jonah. And he said to Jonah, he said, get up. I want you to go and I want you to preach. And Jonah thought to himself, hey, that's what I do. That's what I do. I do that every day. I do that every day. But then God said, I want you to go preach in Nineveh. 
You know, that great city, that, that city which, uh, which, which is wicked, extremely wicked. And God said to Jonah, look, I've had enough with Nineveh, and I need you to go over there and preach to Nineveh. I've had enough. So Jonah raised his eyebrows and nodded his head and immediately went to the coast, found a boat, and headed in the opposite direction. Y'all say it with me. Shade. <laughs> right? Shade. Jonah thought he could disrespect God. He thought he could run from the presence of the Lord. But, 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 but once the boat got out on the sea... This is the part y'all probably know. Once the boat got out on the sea, Jonah uh, found himself in a difficult situation because it says that God hurled a great wind upon the waters. God hurled a great wind upon the waters and a storm pounded waves against the ship. Crashing this way and crashing that way. And the sailors on the boat, man, they feared for their lives. So they began to cry out to their little G gods, right? They began to cry out to their little G gods, save us! We'll do anything! Don't let us die! But the storm got worse. The storm got harder and rougher and crazier and They began tossing luggage and supplies overboard, trying to lighten the load of the ship. Anything they could find, they were tossing it overboard, and they cried out to their gods louder and louder, Help us! Help us! Uh, But you know what? Their gods must have been asleep. They were taking a nap. In fact, they were not the only ones taking a nap. Who else was taking a nap? Jonah was taking a nap. That's right. Jonah was down under deck. He was sound asleep. So the captain of the boat came down to him and said, how can you sleep at a time like this? Get up, Jonah. That's your name, right? Jonah, okay. Call out to your God. Who knows? Maybe he will help. At some point, the ship was breaking apart. And everyone drew straws to see who was to blame. And Jonah drew the short straw. The sailors looked at him with despair in their eyes and they said, Who are you? Who are you and where are you from? So Jonah, he confessed. He said, I'm a Hebrew. I serve the God who made the sky and the dry land and the sea. And when they heard that, they completely freaked out. Wait, your God controls the sea? Bro, what did you do? What did you do? Jonah knew that his options were up, so he said, look, just you're going to have to throw me into the sea. It's my fault. Uh, I'm running from the presence of God. It's, it's my fault. You're going to have to throw me into the sea. If you throw me into the sea, then everything will be fine. And, and you would think right then they would pick him up and throw him into the sea, right? But that's not what they do. The, the sailors, they say, we can't do that. You'll die. And so they start rowing even harder, even harder. But it's no use. The storm raged. And so finally, all their options were out. They picked up Jonah and they hurled him into the sea. And immediately, the storm 
died down. Immediately, the storm died down as Jonah was tossed into the sea. Every living soul aboard the ship, the Scripture tells us they feared the Lord. Because they had never seen anything like this before. They had never seen such power over nature demonstrated ever before. And so the Bible says that these sailors who don't know God, they actually made sacrifices to Him and they worshipped Him. They all got saved right there on the boat. Hallelujah. Jonah crashed into the sea. And I think he knew that his punishment was just. He knew it. He knew that he could not escape the presence of God. And he knew that his presence, that his punishment was just. He gasped for air. Put yourself in his shoes. He's in the middle of the sea. The boat is long gone. He's, he's thrashing around in the water. And he finally feels his body giving up the ability to swim. He just can't hold himself above the waves anymore. But God... But God sent a great fish to swallow Jonah whole. And miraculously, Jonah survived in the belly of that fish for three days and three nights. Somehow there was a pocket of air that Jonah was able to breathe. Somehow, miraculously, he survived. And while Jonah was in the belly of the fish, in and out of consciousness... He was overwhelmed by God's mercy. And do you know what Jonah did when he was inside that fish? He started to sing. He started to write a song. He started to write praises to his God. He, he wrote these words. He said, I called out to the Lord out of my distress and He answered me. Salvation belongs to the Lord. He's in the middle of distress and he's crying out praises to his God. For three days. And then the unexpected happens. The Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah on the dry land. That word's actually in the Bible. It vomited Jonah on the dry land. Jonah, sticky and nasty, gets himself up off the, off the ground and he thinks, I'm saved. And he looks around and he says, oh, I'm right back where I started. And then the voice of God came again to his prophet. And God said to him, get up, Jonah. Go to Nineveh, the great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So this time, what did Jonah do? He went. <laughs> he went. He went to Nineveh. He traveled to Nineveh. Now we need to realize that Nineveh is the capital city of their enemy territory. This is outside of Israel. These are different people. And when Jonah got to Nineveh, when he walked in through the city gates, he was reminded why he didn't want to go there in the first place. Because these people were different. These people in Nineveh looked different. These people in Nineveh were uh, disgusting. These people in Nineveh were wicked and vile and they had no class, they had no culture. 
As far as he was concerned, they were pathetic. As far as he was concerned, they deserved whatever God had coming to them because of their wickedness, because of their sin. But Jonah did his duty. And that's all he did. Jonah did his duty. He went everywhere proclaiming a very simple message. All right, here's Jonah's message. You ready? Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That's it. (laughs) And then he walked over here on this street corner and he said, Yet 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Then he walked over here on this street corner and he said, Yet 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. His heart was not in it. He did not try to convince anybody of anything. It was the worst sermon ever. (laughs) It was the worst sermon ever. But God. But God was at work. And the people, y'all, the people of Nineveh turned from their sin. And they trusted the Lord. Jonah's message even reached the king of Nineveh. It even reached the king of Nineveh who got off his throne, covered himself with sackcloth and ashes, and he created an order that Jonah's pathetic sermon should be published in the newspaper. And it was published all over Nineveh. And all over Nineveh, people were turning away from their sin and they were turning to this God of Israel. This God, the Lord God. The king of Nineveh said, turn away from your evil. Who knows? Maybe God will relent and be merciful. And you know what? That's exactly what God did. That's exactly what God did. God relented from the disaster that he said he was going to do. He didn't do it. Why? Because the people turned from their sin. They turned from it. And so God showed mercy. And Jonah, seeing all of these people turning from their sin, he looked around and he was ticked. He was ticked, y'all. He prayed this angry, self-righteous prayer to God. And he said, I knew this would happen. This is why I ran away to Tarshish in the first place. I knew that you were a God of mercy. And I knew that you had steadfast love and that you were slow to anger. Jonah could not believe that God would forgive his enemy. He couldn't believe it. He knew they deserved God's wrath. And so Jonah rolled his eyes. Just kill me now. Just end it now. And he waited for the lightning bolt. But God didn't kill Jonah. So Jonah, he turned around and he walked out of the city. He walked out of the city under a cloud of bitterness. He walked out, y'all listen, he walked out of the city to the sound of sinners forgiven. He walked out of the city to the sound of rejoicing and praise to his God for his mercy. 
and he's bitter and he's angry and he walks out because they don't deserve God's mercy. When Jonah had put some distance between himself and the city, just like he had put some distance between himself and God earlier, when he put some distance between himself and the city, Jonah found a nice little spot on a hillside outside the city. And he sat down and he's, and he's looking back at the city. He was hoping that there would be fireworks from heaven like God had done to Sodom and Gomorrah. He was hoping that fire and brimstone would come down from heaven and punish his enemies. Like back in the good old days. But judgment never fell. Judgment never fell. Jonah waited all night, all morning, until the sun was unbearable. In the heat of the day, sweat was running down his back. And that's when God did something unexpected. The Lord caused a plant, a a little tree, to grow up quickly over Jonah. God caused a tree to grow up over Jonah and provide some shade, some relief from the sun. Jonah was thankful for the shade. Jonah was thankful for the shade of God's mercy. But then God sent a worm to infest the tree and it wilted within the hour. Jonah's sitting under there enjoying the shade. Thank you, God, for shading me from the sun. And all of a sudden, the shade is gone. And Jonah was ticked. (laughs) Jonah was angry. He says it one more time. He says, just kill me, God. Just kill me. I'm sick of this, he says to God. But God asks Jonah, a simple question. Why are you angry about the tree? Why are you angry about the tree? Jonah said, it's hot out here. (laughs) Why, God, why would you give me some shade and then just take it away? It makes no sense. Then the Lord spoke the truth to Jonah's hard and impenitent heart. God said to Jonah, think about it. Think about it, Jonah. You are all upset about a tree. It was here yesterday and it's gone today. Wake up, Jonah. Nineveh, right there, is an entire city of people made in my image. They were enslaved by sin and rebellion. They were headed straight for hell. Why should I not provide shade for them? Why should I not have mercy on Nineveh? Thousands have been saved today. Thousands have been saved today by the shade of my grace. And that's where the story ends. The book of Jonah leaves us hanging. We don't know how he responded. There's a reason for that. 
Because God wants you to think about it too. God doesn't want us to have an out. God wants us to really wrestle with what does it mean? What does it mean to throw shade at God? And what does it mean to receive the shade of His grace? The theme of this book is all about shade. It's all about shade. There's the shade that Jonah throws at God at the beginning, disrespecting Him, running away from Him, disobeying His direct command. There's the shade that Jonah throws at Nineveh. He disregards them. He refuses to provide them hope. I mean, his terrible sermon is straight shade, right? But there's a different kind of shade too, and you've already seen it, right? The, The other kind of shade is the shade of God's mercy. The other kind of shade is the shade of God's grace. Look, God provides a fish to swallow Jonah and to shelter him, to shade him from the storm. God provides a tree to shelter Jonah, to protect him from the sun. And God provides shade for an entire city to shelter them and to protect them from his own just wrath. Shade. Jonah and the... Right. Jonah and the... Right. So why should we care about old Jonah? Why should we care about old Jonah? Just two thoughts for you real quick here at the end. We should care about Jonah because we learn something about ourselves. We learn something about our sin. Many of us have been running from God. And we think that we can hide from Him. We think we can get away from Him. We think that when we do something in secret, God doesn't know. And it's not that we don't know what God wants from us. We all know what God wants from us, right? He's revealed it. It's clear. Jonah wasn't confused. He knew where God wanted him to go. The issue is that we throw shade at God by just doing something different. We disrespect him. We say, no, we're not going to do what you want us to do. We're going to do what we want to do. We run from God, thinking we can hide from him. Sin is disobeying God, but it's also distancing ourselves from God. It's not just disobeying God, it's distancing ourselves from God. Isn't that what Adam and Eve did when they first sinned in the garden? They, they broke God's command to not to eat of the fruit. And then what did they do? What's the next thing they did? They hid. Right? They went into bushes. Look, I know, I know y'all. I know y'all. When you sin, you hide. Did I tell y'all the story about when I broke my grandmother's lamp? When I was about your age, I was at my grandmother's house playing with a basketball and I was getting a little rambunctious, <laughs> and I bounced it, and it hit the lamp, and the lamp went, bloop, crash. And instead of going to my grandmother and telling her what I did and asking for forgiveness, I ran and hid for like three hours. I hid under the bed where nobody would find me, crawled way up under there. See, sin sometimes causes us to hide. And some of you, uh, my, my little seven, eight-year-old self uh, was hiding because of my sin, and some of you are hiding today. Some of us are hiding today. We're crawling up under the bed, hiding from what we know we're doing that's not right. 
that God tells us to go this direction and we say, uh, no thanks, I'm going this direction. See, we learn something from the story about our sin. Our sin creates distance from God. The second thing we learn is we learn something about God's grace. Man, this, this sermon series is called Shade, and I hope that you think of the shade that he throws in his sin, but I also hope that you think of the shade that God provides with his grace. You see, as you read through Jonah, and I hope you will, I hope you'll take it out and just read, read through the whole thing. It's four chapters, takes about 15 minutes to read through the whole thing. 20 minutes, maybe. One thing you'll see is that the main character is not Jonah. The main character is the Lord. Throughout the book, it says, and God did something. And God did something else. And God did something else. See, God is the main character in the story. And he is the main character in your story, too. He is the main character in your story, too, because God is actively pursuing us. You see that? We try to get away from him. We try to hide. But you know what my grandmother was doing for most of that three hours? She was looking for me. Not because she wanted to spank me or, you know, punish me. She, she was looking for me because she wanted to reconcile with me. I mean, maybe to spank me too. <laughs> but, she, but she wanted to reconcile with me. And that's what God is doing. God is pursuing with his mercy. God is pursuing with his grace. He's pursuing Jonah. He's pursuing those sailors. He's pursuing Nineveh. God is at work with his grace, providing shelter and shade. Grace is undeserved. Right? You remember Jonah was saying, these people don't deserve God's grace. What a, what a messed up perspective that is. Who deserves grace? By definition, grace is undeserved. So look, we get into this mindset where we think those people over there don't deserve God's grace. Those people over there, and do you see what we're doing? We're distancing ourselves. We're distancing ourselves not only from God but from others. But what grace does is grace brings us back. Because if I've experienced grace, then your sin doesn't bother me so much. Because I know that God has grace for you too. Uh, grace brings us back together. This story we learned something about, in this story we learned something about God's Grace, And you know, the whole thing really points forward to Jesus. It really, it really does, and, and there's some explicit ways that it points forward to Jesus that I'm not going to mention right now, but you'll have to stay tuned. There's some explicit ways that it points forward to Jesus, because Jesus became the ultimate shade. He became, in his own life, in his life and in his death, and in his resurrection and victory over sin and death, Jesus became the ultimate shade. Because in him, what did we talk about earlier? Faith. By faith in Jesus, we are sheltered from God's wrath. We are sheltered and given comfort in this life. Comfort that we are called to share with others. That's what Jonah was supposed to do. Jonah was supposed to realize God's mercy in his own life, and he was supposed to extend it to others. 
even his enemies. And we don't know if he learned that lesson. I'm not going to say one way or the other because the Bible doesn't say. I hope he did, but I don't know. And so God calls us to repent, to turn from our sin and our shade that we throw at God, like Nineveh, believe, and come under the shelter and the shade of His grace. May God forgive us for throwing shade at Him, and may God grant us to rest under the shade of His grace. Let's pray. God, we thank You for this Word. We thank You, Lord, for the way that You... um, communicate to us this rich truth through a narrative, through a story about one of your misfit prophets. Uh, God, we are misfit prophets too. Uh, In some ways, we're, we're worse than Jonah. And yet, God, I thank you that you continue to extend grace to us. And I pray that as we go through this series, that we would be strengthened, our faith would be Uh, empowered, that we would see how good your shade is, and we would seek to continually come to you for rest and for shelter, and that we would broaden the tent, that we would expand the tree, and we would bring many people under the shelter and the shade of your grace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.